I think that always comes back to you should invest at least some time in making sure that you're building the right product. Because what we see, and sometimes we see this in bigger organizations, they think, well, if an API is good, then more APIs equals better, right? Something that I've learned over the years is that the amount of APIs a company has is a terrible metric in figuring out how, how mature you are at, at building APIs. I'm Jason Harmon, and this is API Intersection where you'll get insights from experienced API practitioners to learn best practices on things like API design, governance, identity auth, versioning, and more. Welcome back to API Intersection. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Jason Harmon, CTO at Stoplight. So uh, new acquaintance today, uh, our guest, uh, Mr. Simon Allen, uh, from, uh, what is it called, Solita? You say the name, I didn't ask you how to say it. Solita, Solita, yeah. Solita, right. okay, so <laughs> it, it says like it reads. Uh, so um, I'm really happy to have Simon on. Um, we've had kind of a, a bit of a trend lately of folks who sort of do API strategic consulting, uh, you know, implementation consulting kind of stuff. And I always love that we can get a snapshot from people who are talking to lots of different clients about what works uh, across those engagements. Um, so anyways, uh, Simon, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know, kind of what you do. And uh, before I get too far, thanks for coming on. Right. Thank you so much, Jason. So hi, everyone. I'm Simon Allen. Uh, I'm from Belgium. I'm from a lovely company called Solita. I'm an API practitioner, so I do a lot of hands-on API stuff. I've been on the two sides of the coin, so a lot of API consumption, also lots of API provisions. So over the years, I've kind of learned what feels like a good API for me, but also learned from lots of peers and on lots of projects what sort of works in general. Um, right now, I'm also actively uh, maintaining sort of the API competence community at Solita, so it's making sure that our consultants have the best knowledge available and of course can handle, um, of course, complex assignments when, when it matters to APIs. Cool. Um, looking through your background a little bit before the show, and I don't you know, mean to sound like an old guy, but I can't help it, I am, is, uh, you know, it seems like you've been at this kind of like five years or so, and this is kind of all you've ever done according to your LinkedIn. Is that accurate or are you uh, hiding something else there? <laughs> No, no, no. It's uh, very much uh, since I graduated school. I think uh, how I came in, in contact with, with Solita is actually they, they gave like a seminar at, at my uh, university and I pretty much instantly got hooked. And I remember doing like this small school project where I had to like integrate uh, a wearable sports watch with some other systems. And it was just that great feeling when, when something clicks so easily. Um, and that's what pretty much got me hooked. And that's when I instantly joined the company. And yeah, over the span of like six years now, um, I've grown like from a junior consultant to now, of course, being uh, engaged in multiple assignments, doing API strategy and, and implementation. Yeah, I think what I uh, find kind of interesting or fascinating from that is for the last five or six years for me, feels like things have been fairly consistent. I mean, there's been a few trends that have come and gone or maybe still going, but what do you feel like you kind of like uh, learned and got up to speed? And frankly, uh, that's a pretty you know great success story, five or six years leading a practice like that. So where did you look to kind of learn and get up to speed so quickly? 
Um, so first of all, I'm, I'm very lucky to have great mentors inside the company. So they already had, of course, the decades of experience uh, in integration and APIs before I did. But um, what I find personally that it's it's a very, very good time to be in the API space, like uh, lots of lots of API um, sort of styles have, have matured quite, quite, uh, quite nice. And it very much accommodates lots of company strategy right now. So where I picked up a lot from is, of course, being actively on, on assignment and, of course, keeping my eyes and ears open. Because, for example, um, the biggest customers we have dealing in APIs are, are for example, retailers or, or, or banks or stuff like that. And you can actually learn so much from how they exchange value between them and their customers. So sort of over those five years, I've, I've, I've kind of started with, you know, how should I design an API? What, what does a specification look like? How should I technically approach this? But then over the last few years, I became more interested in sort of, well, why, why should you make an API? And um, as opposed to making an API the right way, how do you make sure that it's the right API to build? And that's, of course, a very sort of uh, complex story. For some, it's, it's easy and natural, and for some, it isn't. But that's, that's uh, one of those challenges that, that uh, we very much like to solve for our customers. Yeah, it's the fundamental shift to strategy, right, is operating from perspective, uh, not just getting sucked into the gravity of desire. <laughs> so uh, I think the the bit that's really interesting to me is that you're you're sort of training the other consultants there on kind of how to do APIs well. Um, so can you give us kind of a, a snapshot of what that curriculum looks like and kind of how you've developed that, how it's evolving? Right. So it's, of course, important to look at what do our customers typically need from us, and that can range from strategic consulting to even implementing the APIs for them and doing maintenance in production. So I want to make sure that our consultants get at least like the base fundamentals down. And a big part of that, for example, is API design. So how do you design an API in a straightforward way that takes into account the needs of the consumers and so on? So we try to sort of decompose API management in sort of the fundamental things to know and how to approach them. And then as we progress uh, in the guild at Solita, that's what, what we call it, then we sort of tackle those topics one by one. I remember recently we had a big thing around API design and how to really approach that API design uh, mindset. But in the future, we'll, we'll do more about API testing and all of that stuff that, that comes with it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, design certainly would, uh, I imagine, be your most fundamental thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, in this kind of consulting engagement world, you end up operating with a lot of different uh, industries and that sort of thing, as you mentioned. Um, does Salida sort of, uh, you know, lean into particular uh, sizes or, or scales of customers? you predominantly working with kind of larger places or are there smaller engagements as well? Uh, so we we honestly think that no matter the size of the organization, um, an appropriate API strategy can always help. Um, we have customers ranging from megacorps to like the small business trying to get like one API and do it right. I mean, and of course, when we're talking about uh, taking a customer through like an API maturity journey, that of course means a different thing for each company. And we need to to accept that we won't just have one reusable process that we can like slap onto any sort of company, any size, and, and a great product will come out. No, it actually, 
sort of challenges and, and we like those challenges that we can go to a company, we can get to know them, no matter the size of, of this company and really get to know, well, well, where does the value really lie with this, with this company and, and um, how do we better serve their customers in, in effect? So yeah, I would say it's, it's a range of, of megacorps and, and like smaller, smaller assignments for sure. Okay. That's great. Uh, I, I was worried a little bit when we, you know, end up interacting with folks that only talk to gigantic old companies. It's like, it's kind of hard to provide something that's applicable to listeners who are at smaller places. Uh, so that's great. Um, and, and I totally resonate with you saying that, like, it, you know, it kind of always depends, right? Like things are different at different scales. Um, but how do you approach that uh, in terms of, you know, what is in common? What's, uh, you know, what are the things that seemingly you always tend to kind of end up doing in these engagements, regardless of the scale? Right. I think there, um, I think we're talking there about the fundamentals. So API design first approach naturally, um, and just sort of these benefits, whether you're like a super huge company, uh, where of course it has the added value that you can have like the interoperability between multiple developers within your company. But let's say if you're a very small company and, and you're doing a design first approach and you can best serve your consumers, which may be outside of your company, I think that always comes back to you should invest at least some time in making sure that you're building the right product. Because what we see, and sometimes we see this in bigger organizations, um, they think, well, if an API is good, then more APIs equals better, right? And something that I've learned over the years is that the amount of APIs a company has is a terrible metric in sort of figuring out how, how mature you are at, at building APIs. So even if you're small or big, it's always helpful to sort of figure out how to build the right API. And that's where sort of the design first principles come into play and sort of collaborating with your consumers. So best way to know what your consumers want is to actually go and talk to them, like go and figure out what, what exactly they need and then go for there. Yeah, I love it. I mean, this is... I, I... Sort of along these lines, I mean, you're saying design first, which is totally relevant, but I think a lot of folks kind of refer to this API first, which for me is much more about um, treating the API as a product. And I think that's kind of what you're teasing at here. So, I mean, do you do sort of uh, work with product managers on how to sort of build the story for APIs? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's an important skill for, for us as consultants to have is how can you sort of explain this API story in an inclusive way? Because it's not just you as an integrator talking to developers, right? It's also these, these analysts, it's these product owners and being able to sort of convey the message of what should an API do and maybe do it with, with the help of an analogy or, or stuff like that. So having these sort of like very, very easy to understand conversations with product owners can actually help them and, and get them motivated to start thinking a little more in, in APIs. And whether that product owner will build an API specification, probably not, but um, to have that conversation together and to build like a small team that can work around that is what effectively gets the ball rolling. So for you, what are the high points of that? Like in practical terms, you know, for say product managers who are listening and trying to learn about this stuff, what are some of the things that you're sort of sharing with product managers in an engagement on how to think about this? 
Right. So what, what always helps um, for people that are not so acquainted to APIs is some people really want to see it in order to believe it. So, I mean, you can show like millions of metrics, but even online, you can find um, lots, lots, lots of great success stories when it comes to APIs. And what you'll see in those common grounds between those APIs that it's not necessarily about the technical part where the success story lies. It's rather the how they can build like rich experiences around something that is fundamentally made to be consumed. And it is exactly this message that we, we didn't convey to these product owners. You should stop thinking in terms of like projects, but more in what is sort of the value we as an organization can offer our consumers. And then everything that sort of revolves around it. So how do you build proper documentation for it? So actually, how do you build a rich experience for your consumer? which is essentially what a product owner uh, kind of wants, right? Yeah, I guess you're saying that like product managers should be able to tell the functional story of what the thing needs to do, right? Like uh, to speak in plain terms, um, which seems obvious, but it, you're right. It's weird how often people can get wrapped up in the notion that, well, it's for developers. So it has to be like, we have to talk about all this other stuff. But I guess the other part of the picture is like, how does this one thing that you're building fit into a bigger picture. So do you have any sort of like methodology or approach um, and does that key in on product or is there more to it to kind of build that picture? Um, so to sort of build like the ecosystems, um, it's sort of how can you like build something that is modular enough so that it can, can fit multiple purposes, of course. So again, um, when, when product owners are thinking in, in terms of like narrow projects with, with, with very narrowly set requirements, it's going to get very difficult to build like an ecosystem around it where if you take like the sort of API first approach. So if I were to build an API and I want to attract this ecosystem around it, it will very much dictate how I will design this API and the things like, well, we should build this thing. Well, maybe it's not so relevant anymore. So when we purely think about this API now, oh, well, maybe we should act, add this functionality as well. And oh, if different kind of ecosystem will connect to this, well, this is going to start to look a little bit different. And that's when you start to transition from like pro project mode to like product mode. Like we want to build something that, that people can use, that, that people want to use, and that will attract more business over time. Well, and, and yeah, I think even in like... Um more internally focused API development. Um, you said it earlier is that like how many you have is probably not a good indicator of anything successful. And I think in practical terms, like it'd be better to have a handful of highly leveraged, super reusable, really easy, delightful to use APIs versus having thousands of single use case throwaway things that only one client uses, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So we, we've seen some folks use like uh, business capability modeling or DDD, uh, domain-driven design, things like this to kind of build that bigger picture of how everything fits together. Do you have a, a preference on uh, any methodologies for that stuff? I think very much what we see, and, and especially, of course, this, this, this is, um, of course, done in, in bigger corporations, is the domain-driven design. So lots of the sort of larger corporations do have like these sort of sub-organizations within the organization. So it's very important to think about within your company, which capabilities and, and which sort of structures do we have? And can we like build something inside the substructure so that we can interoperate with each other? 
but even then it's it's important that alongside that domain driven design that somewhere in between all of those domains there is at least some entity sort of guarding or sort of enabling all of these sort of sub organizations to sort of make them sure they're building towards the same goal right so that's essentially what an api strategy is all about so you envision an end state but how do we all get there of course and i guess that's an interesting point too is like you know that that everyone's moving toward the same goal but as far as when folks are, let's say, willing to pay for a consulting engagement, do you think these are, are typically more kind of commercially, ex externally sort of partnership oriented, or are you guys involved in some of the more internal API development efforts as well? Um, so actually, the, the bulk of uh, our engagements are actually corporations wanting to leverage APIs internally to, of course, increase developer productivity. And a lot of these companies are thinking about um, sort of externalizing their APIs. And for us, it doesn't really matter whether the API strategy is, is sort of internally facing or externally facing. We strongly believe that even though you're building internal APIs, you should approach it with the same sort of thoroughness and sort of product mindset as you would have if you would, would externalize your API. So this makes it of course, possible for you when you're sort of building this thing inside your company and you want to get it out there, that you already have, of course, the sort of scar tissue build up, building these things for you internally and having like the sort of level of standard that is required for, for an API to be published uh, without having to worry about it, of course. Yeah, I feel like that's a story a lot of people don't see is that like some of the best external facing sort of you know, partner networking enabling type APIs began their life as a highly leveraged internal service. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that like treat everything as though you're going to externalize it eventually, even if you can't imagine it today, uh, because the rework require well, ultimately you'll miss all the opportunities if you don't, right? Because when they pop up and they say, can you do this in the next 90 days? You go, well, I need a year to overhaul it. I'm like, oh, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, uh, I guess for the, the more internally focused efforts, um, you know, the question, well, really for all of them, but I'm, I'm always particularly interested in these internal ones. Um, you know, how do you think about measuring success in these things? Yeah. So measuring success can, in an API strategy, mean a lot of things. Um, but what should always be reevaluated is not only the technical part, for example, how well are your APIs responding? What's the sort of average response rate? I mean, those are all things that have the nature of the backend, right? But lots of parts that can sort of really distinguish you from like a normal API strategy to like a super boost, like a super successful one is of course how people work together around it. And some of these things can get quite difficult to measure, but if you regularly ask feedback from your developers like so we built this api so how how did it actually uh, work for you like were there any hiccups and as soon as these people like give you this feedback it's very important to sort of capture this and do something meaningful with it because this is actually part of your success criteria that you can say that over time we sort of reduced the cognitive load of developers we made sure that that apis are easy to discover for example so 
lots of, lot of these things, discoverability, um, ease to use, uh, all of this stuff should be actually measured. And over time, you should see improvement if you're acting on that feedback uh, and making sure that, that there's a, a better tomorrow for your uh, internal developers. Yeah, when, when folks ask me this, I tend to, I feel like it's a, it's kind of a lame answer, but it's, it's practical too, is like adoption's a pretty good way to get started as a thing to look at, right? If people are using it in increasing volume, you're probably doing all the other sausage making right. Um, do you, and, and I think that's what you're describing, but are there other aspects to that that you think go beyond just adoption measures? Um, I think also, especially when, when you're building something large internally, there needs to be like um, what I talked about, this like entity that is sort of, I'll, I'll say the G word, governing um, the, whole, um, the whole API lifecycle. But what is also important to measure is if you're sort of onboarding new product teams or new developers into your API program, you should also measure like how long does it actually take to get someone on board? Because once the ball gets rolling, of course, it's very fun and, and things can go quite fast if, if, you're, if you're operating optimally. But of course, this training is a very fundamental part because there's always new talent on the market. And of course, uh, how can you uh, make sure those are engaged as, uh, as efficiently as possible? So gathering feedback from trainings that you give inside your company can give you a lot of feedback on, on actually what does it take for someone to get in? Yeah, some people like this like time to first hello world thing, which uh, it's like debatable. Some of those things I feel like you can gain, but uh, but I love the the line of thinking in general. Across the course of the conversation here, you've touched on a couple of things about um, what I think are are touching at the edges of of how to build community. So both in terms of you know uh, kind of uh, the, the community of practice people who are doing it, kind of the builders, and then there's sort of community around who's going to consume your API. Um, so how do you go about kind of building these communities? And, and of course, I can't help but be interested in uh, the more internally focused stories, uh, if you can focus on that. Yeah, sure. So as with all communities, um, it's important, and I think this is something that we value a lot, is that this community has a medium a medium where this community can exchange information with each other and sort of collect feedback with each other. And for example, what we do at, at Solita, so the, the guild at Solita is, is just a Slack channel, but it's important that uh, within this Slack channel, or of course, you can sort of, if, if, I, if I am struggling with, with a concept in API management, and this also applies when, when something is happening at the customer, there needs to be like a place where this person can vent this. Because I've had countless times at, at customer assignments where, where someone's like, hey, yeah, I contacted you because I didn't really know where to go. Um, so this, this really resonated with me and, and, and just more emphasized the importance of having like a medium, just a medium alone, and where people that maybe not, are not asking questions um, first see other people asking questions and, and get helped and, and interact with each other. And it's this sort of like, you, you just get more compelled to ask a question next time. So I think getting like the appropriate medium for, for, an, um, for an internal community is very important, at least a, a very good first step to, uh, to, to build it. Yeah, I always like to draw the distinction between like 
you know, people go, well, we set up a Discord or we have a Slack channel or whatever, and therefore, thereby we have a community. Um, but I like your description more that it like, um, that is the, it's the place in which the discussion can happen, but ultimately it's, uh, it's kind of like, how do you build the shelter for wayward souls, right? <laughs> like the, the hardest, the biggest toil in, in being a developer is, is just being lost and not knowing how to get help. So, uh, yeah, I love that. Like a place that people can come together and learn from each other in simple terms, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, to add to that is that it's also a place where you can, of course, uh, celebrate wins together. So building like a community around the practice is not all about, hey, I'm struggling with this thing right now. Can I get help? But also like, hey, I did a very cool thing here or, or check this out. And that you can like spark a discussion around something that, of course, brings all of these people together, right? They're not there for no reason. Like all of these people are are like in the API game. Like it, it all interests us. So it can only benefit to like uh, share even the wins and, and sort of uh, stories you see pop up on the internet, for example. So that's also very, very valuable. And we try to emphasize and start uh, try to put it in there as well. What about on like the consumption side of things? So I think this is probably more applicable for a more sort of public facing, very external APIs, but often there's a community building around that stuff, which I think is pretty different compared to practitioner oriented stuff. I guess building a sort of community around consumption is all about, of course, teaching consumers how they should interact with an API, right? Because we as consumers, of course, know the ins and the outs and, and know how to navigate us around API specifications and the like. But of course, building a community around the consumption sites is about empowering, of course, people that will interact with this API. How can we sort of build competence around that so that that process, of course, gets easier and easier over time because there's only so much an API description can do for you. It's like sort of the things you learn over time, like some things get really predictable in APIs and you can see it sort of coming back again and again. And those things definitely add up uh, over over your time in the API space. So building like um, discussions around that can definitely uh, help. I, you know, there's a, a lot of moving parts here that we're touching on. And I guess, um, you know, when, when you guys look to kind of enter, enter into a new engagement, what's the typical place that you kind of get the ball rolling? Where do you, uh, where do you get started? Well, so actually, um, lots of interviewing at the start. So as I already um, sort of briefly touched on, every organization absolutely is different. So we would be very, very short-sighted to just go in with an engagement with in the back of our heads. Yeah, we know our stuff. It's going to be like this. So that's actually very rarely or, or never the case. So when we sort of enter in an engagement, we sort of talk to the product owners, talk to the program managers, and sort of get like a feel like, do they already understand, for example, what their audience is? Because some of our assignments, they just want APIs. Like, ah, oh, we feel like we should be doing APIs. And then in sort of those first um, sort of um, interview sessions, we can already start like thinking, thinking with them like, well, what's actually the audience you want to address? And then that's slowly but surely how you get the ball rolling to like, okay, now we define the audience now. How do we make your audience succeed? And then, of course, we can, can get more into the technical stuff. But um, first, it's all about like what are your goals and how can we help your customers succeed in, uh, in that process? Yeah, I love that. That's it's one of the, like the 
first things I always give as a tip to like product managers looking at APIs is like, understand the relationships that you're creating, right? And usually that's about what is the audience that's going to use this? Don't think about how every, everyone in the world is going to touch the API you're about to build. That's probably not the starting, starting point. Don't hurt to think about it, but like have a clear understanding of what business relationships you're creating with this. Um, it helps kind of break down what can quickly become an overwhelming space otherwise. So that makes a ton of sense. Um, and so how does all of that kind of inform you on taking first steps to, you know, I guess, spark change or, or get things going? Right. So I'm, I'm a very fond believer in, in a very simple system that works and can then as a result be scaled. So as a typical next step, uh, we, of course, map, of course, what this sort of customer needs to do in order to be able to execute. And for example, this customer needs at least a few people that, that can sort that have, of course, the knowledge to design APIs or they can outsource it, of course. But then also, will this customer need a platform or not? So that's also a discussion that, that lots of customers think that the, that the platform will solve the, the sort of issues for them. We have a very technology agnostic uh, approach. I mean, we have partnerships with pretty much all of them, but of course we look at this customer specifically and look at what, what realistically do you need for the goals that you have, like partner that, that has one API um, or two APIs might need a, a different sort of product fit um, as, as, as another one. So we take, of course, the technical part and product choice into account, and then of course, start building these sort of first parts of their API lifecycle so that they get an idea of, well, from ideation to production, what will this sort of process look like? And then once that is becoming more and more clear, you start, start to see these little, little projects emerge, right? So, okay, we're going to need this thing now. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how we sort of set up a timeline. And then we distinguish what are sort of short-term goals and what are eventually long-term goals. And that worked towards that. So, I, I, you know, sometimes companies will come in and, and sort of like, here's what we, the, the market thing we want to go do with this, or here's the shared leverage internal thing we want to do. But there's a, and you've mentioned like kind of a smaller group of folks who tend to be sort of the curators of, uh, you know, standards or, or the style or whatever you want to call it. So do you all sort of help manage that? And is that a separate sort of thread? Yeah, that's, that's something that naturally needs to happen very early. So getting this team out early, doing like the governance, making sure that the appropriate standards are there. If, if you're going to do this after you already have 20 APIs in production, then it's going to be a lot harder for, for these people. So we very much believe in that and more so um, the sort of enablement mindset over excellence. So we understand that there needs to be at least some level of standard naturally but sort of this small group that can sort of engage people within this organization to start contributing and, and help you help you build great stuff. Of course, that is what will ultimately be a very, very great success factor for, for your API strategy. So just the technical, just the platform and what do I need to do? It's not sufficient to like uh, keep operating at scale and, and sort of building out the program. So, you know, you kind of touched a little bit earlier that like there's a there's a culture aspect to all this. And I guess in my experience, it's like, how do you get people 
to shift their thought patterns into platform thinking, uh, you know, is a common kind of challenge. Um, you know, how are you approaching kind of getting folks shifting their mindset on these things? Yeah, it all starts, of course, you can't shift everybody's mind at once. So it's important. And that's, of course, how we transitioned from like that small group. It's important that this small group uh, of evangelists, we'll call them, that they keep making these efforts. So once a small victory is made using the platform, of course, that this, of course, gets communicated to other teams. Like you wouldn't want to have like a secretly built out a API strategy and then like, oh, yeah, so we have this thing now, right? So over the time, whenever you have like these these small wins, it's important to like draw in more attention um, from from new product owners, from new teams, so that the, we can show them like this platform is is really enabling us. It's not like you need to change because the old way is bad. No, actually, just look at what we what what we're doing here and how we are serving either our developers or external developers. And this story can can so easily be shown when you look at the metrics and you can sort of look at your consumption for, for a great API that you've made and you can sort of um, compile all the feedback that you got from developers. That can build like a very compelling story that, that will attract a lot of people um, into actually wanting to change without even asking them, right? So it's so sharing these wins and, and celebrating that. Love it. Well, uh, Simon, I really appreciate you sharing, uh, you know, kind of how you guys go at this stuff. Um, I guess from you and or perhaps Salida, um, you know, where should folks look to kind of hear from you more and, and continue learning from you? Yeah, so Salita very much has like a knowledge sharing mindset. So everything we're doing in the field, whether that's data science, API management, executing in the cloud, we give crash courses online, which are available for free. Um, of course, you can visit our website where you'll find everything. Uh, I even think that um, sooner or later there will be one around API design. So people that are watching can maybe check that out as well. Very cool. Well, thanks again for sharing with us and taking the time and, uh, and staying up late from Belgium uh, to accommodate our daytime schedule here. So. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want to ask, Look in the description of whichever platform you're viewing or listening on, and there should be a link there so you can go submit a question, and we'll do our best to find out the right answer for you.